You're listening to the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Alright, let's get to it. Welcome to another edition of the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. My name is CJ Palmasano. I am your host for this podcast. Thank you all for joining me here today, tonight, this evening, wherever you're listening from this podcast from. Thank you so much for joining us here. Um, we have a lot to talk about with what happened on AEW Dynamite, what happened with AEW Revolution, some things that happened on Monday Night Raw, some news going around in the wrestling world, which we're going to get to in just a little bit. First and foremost, I do have to give a big shout out to my forever co-host of this podcast, Sean McChesney. Thank you, buddy, for uh, allowing me to watch AEW Revolution. Uh, thank you. I have to give a big shout-out to you. Uh, it was a fun show, a really packed show. Uh, I will say I have not gotten a chance to re-watch the... Well, not re-watch, but watch Eddie Kingston versus Chris Jericho uh, when they opened up the show. When they opened up the show... Uh, I remember Sean texted me saying, "Are you watching?" I'm like, "No, I need to. I need to save my money, and I need to, uh, you know." <laughs> but uh, he was able to graciously. He's like, oh, "I'll cut you in." Um, but I heard the match is great. The show from top to bottom, fantastic. Um, my favorite match of the night probably was CM Punk versus MJF from the dog collar match. John Moxley versus um, Brian Danielson is a very close second, and I loved Adam Cole versus Hangman Adam Page. It was a pretty good show overall. Loved it. Had a great time. The tag match was fantastic as well. Um, just an overall fun night of wrestling. Um, we are going to be going over what happened with AEW Dynamite in just a little bit, but first we have to talk about the 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 news going around. One Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, there's been rumors speculating all over the place as to what exactly is Steve Austin doing at WrestleMania. So Kevin Owens this past Monday night on Raw called out Steve Austin for a chat, I guess, at WrestleMania for the Kevin Owens show. Um, a lot of people were speculating that that it would be Austin versus KO at WrestleMania, and apparently that might still happen. So uh, Austin, Kevin Owens called him out. And Steve Austin accepted. Uh, what happened? It, it was. Uh, it says here that 19 years ago, I wrote a quote from Steve Austin saying, "19 years ago, I wrestled my, my last match at WWE Ring after three rock bottoms." I'm not gonna do it with the Austin voice anymore. But after three rock bottoms, one, two, three, I lost the match. For 19 years, I had to live with that defeat, knowing my time was up. Kevin Owens, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for waking something up deep inside me that I kept burned, buried for 19 years. Ever since you started running your damn meanly mouth of yours, talking about the great state of Texas, talking about about the state of Texas, the great state of Texas, you got my attention. Why would you want to do that, Kevin? I think the two re there are two reasons. One, you are one dumb son of a bitch. Two, you're fixing to get your ass kicked by Stone Cold Steve Austin. Whether you want to call this the KO show, a match, a fight, a brawl, whatever, I want to guarantee you this in Dallas. Where I stand my career at WrestleMania, Stone Cold Steve Austin is going to open one last can of whoop-ass on you, Kevin Owens. That's the bottom line, because Stone Cold said so. Uh, this quote from Steve Austin from the video that he released, and 
the article I'm reading here, it says W reportedly made an overturn to Austin to come out of retirement for a match with Owens at this show. However, Austin didn't accept the offer. It will be an interesting to see whether fans will get more than just a stunner at WrestleMania from the WWE Hall of Famer. Um, this apparently is the alternative for Steve Austin. He's accepting this thing with Kevin Owens, but apparently he may not be doing a match. Um, which is disappointing in a lot of fans' eyes, myself included. But Austin has really made it clear that he didn't really want to wrestle the match. Uh, he doesn't want to wrestle a match after his, his, since his last match. He's really the only wrestler to really stay true to the... Once he left, he, he left, he was done. He didn't keep going. Um, selfishly, though, I would love to see Kevin Owens versus Stone Cold Steve Austin... Uh, Jim Ross apparently speculates that, you know, he wishes that he, because him and Steve are friends, and he wishes that he would have had more time to train, and as an ego thing, even though he could look as great as he does, and, and, and to the fans' eyes, he looks fantastic, to him, he may not think he looks good enough, and maybe it's a self-esteem type of thing. Honestly, I think they could still do the match. I feel like they're advertising this to make casual fans see that, hey, Steve Austin's going to be at WrestleMania, so they're going to want to watch it for Steve Austin in general. And maybe at the very last minute, they're able to get Steve Austin to wrestle a match. Maybe, you know, he's like, I didn't come here to I didn't come here to talk. I came here to kick ass. And then he just comes in and just starts fighting Kevin Owens. And I think he it would be a great match. I think Kevin Owens is the right guy to pick for a guy like the face guy like Austin. Very similar in their promo style, very anti establishment type of characters. Um I am still holding on. Hopefully we could see it, but I'm not going to hold on for too much longer because if it is just a little promo segment and then Austin just stunners Kevin Owens, then it is what it is. So with WWE we shouldn't get our hopes too much, but Hey, had they actually put some more planning into this, had they actually contacted Austin sooner, then maybe we'd actually be getting the match confirmed for WrestleMania, Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Kevin Owens. Um, along with everything else here, uh, most of the stuff we're just going to be is mainly the AEW stuff. Uh, I, I want to go over uh, some stuff that happened here. Like First and foremost, with, uh, with Dynamite, let's talk about this. With Jeff Hardy making his AEW debut, the uh, Andrade Hardy family office, mouthful, uh, had a meeting, and pretty much Andrade wanted Matt out, and Matt wanted Andrade out. And Andra uh, uh, Andrade wanted Matt out of the, out of the group. Whereas Matt Hardy said, my kids, uh, private party, were not going to vote me out. Even though they say, thumbs up, in. Thumbs down, out. And Jose and Andrade, thumbs down. Isaiah Cassidy and Mark Quinn, thumbs up behind Matt Hardy initially. But then as Matt Hardy's talking, they slowly put them down. And then it's a beat down. Sting and Darby come down to the ring. And they're very slow to get there. I mean, geez, guys, come on. Um, and then we hear the Hardy Boys theme song, which... Is incredible. It's not owned by WWE. Uh, I can't remember the name of the artist, but apparently it's not owned by them. That's why AEW was able to use that. Jeff Hardy, I mean, he was able to, you know, he danced, did his little Jeff Hardy dance, and then like, oh, shit, my brother. Uh, I got to save him. Uh, nevertheless, it was a fun moment. I will say, however, that I think WWE did a better job of bringing the Hardy Boys back together than AEW did in this particular moment because it was at WrestleMania. 
Uh, it was a surprise and a shock to the fans. It just it was a bigger setting. Not to say that this isn't a, a cool moment. It's a nice moment for AEW, but I'm more excited about the uh, the future of AEW's tag division with getting you know matches with the Young Bucks and the Hardys again. Uh, Red with Red Dragon, FTR. Uh, Private Party, uh, obviously, uh, the Lucha Bros, uh, Jungle Boy and Jurassic and, and uh, Luchasaurus, um, you know, a bunch of tag teams are going to have a lot of great matches with the Hardys, and it's only going to benefit the tag division even further. Um, going through some of the things that happened on uh, AEW Dynamite, and that Dynamite kicked off with Chris Jericho uh, wanting to apologize to Eddie Kingston for not shaking his hand at Revolution, Eddie came out and said that he was afraid of facing Jericho and he has lost every big match, you know, naming uh, John Moxley, Brian Danielson, begrudgingly naming Punk, and he, like, was trying, he's hesitating because he, you know, doesn't like Punk. Um, and he said that fans gave him courage. Eddie says that the handshake wasn't this problem, that it, it was his, that Jericho, that the Jericho who won the who was in Japan and the J Cup respected him, but not this version of Jericho. They do shake hands. Then 2.0 and Daniel Garcia come down. They start beating down on Chris Jericho and Eddie Kingston. Out comes Santana and Ortiz to make the save, and then Santana has the bat. They have Daniel Garcia in uh, in his hands, and they're about to attack Daniel Garcia, uh, Chris Jericho. But then he whacks Santana in. Uh, in the arm with the bat, and then he whacks Ortiz, and then Daniel Garcia, 2.0, and uh, Chris Jericho all being down, Eddie Kingston, and uh, Santana and Ortiz. Jake Hager just comes up, and he's conflicted. He's like, what are you doing? Uh, uh, okay, I guess I'll join, and then just starts beating up on Ortiz. Um, where was Sammy Guevara in all this? Dude, I know you're dating Ty Conti, but I guess, were they fucking? Uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it was um, it was a cool little segment. It was shocking. And now Jericho says that they are the Jericho Appreciation Society. So the inner circle is no more. It is now called the Jericho Appreciation Society. Sammy Guevara out of inner circle. Santana and Ortiz out. Um, it's no longer the inner circle. And it's JAS, the Jericho Appreciation Society. How long is it going to be until someone says the Jackass Appreciation Society? I'm just waiting for that to happen, like, next week, whoever Jericho's going to be feuding with, I guess, with Eddie Kingston. On the bright side, it does lead to a possibility of uh, a new LAX in AEW. Next, we have Hangman Page versus Dante Martin for the AEW World title. Uh, Hangman and Dante had a pretty good match. He praised Dante Martin for, um, you know, being one, one tough SOB, one tough son of a bitch. Uh, you know, doing the impossible, going the singles route, and becoming a really great com in singles competitor. He's interrupted by Adam Cole, and where Cole just tells him to shut up, that he we took each other, he took him to his limits. That Page took Cole to his limit, like just saying they took each other to his limits. And Cole says it was a fluke victory, where Cole is challenging Page next week to a match with uh, two partners of Cole's choosing and two partners of Hangman's choosing. So. Hangman, uh, uh, sorry, Cole, he was very heavily alluding to the Young Bucks. To a backstage segment with Red Dragon, the Young Bucks, and Adam Cole, he kept looking at it. Like, these two guys who live rent-free in your head who are my friends, not yours. And the, and the Bucks say, look, Adam, we told you, we don't want to be involved in the Hangman stuff with Hangman Page. We're, we're, we're done with him. We don't want anything to do with him. And then he gets mad. He's like, I wasn't talking about you. I was talking about Red Dragon. And Kyle O'Reilly's like, yeah, you bunch of selfish pricks. 
And I love how he just keeps getting Brand, uh, Brandon Cutler's name wrong. Uh, he's like, Brandon's like, I pick you guys as my partners. They're like, shut up, Brandon. And Kyle's like, I heard you, Randy. Kyle Riley's so fucking great. I love him. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Hangman Page didn't end up choosing members of Dark Order. He chose Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus because he saw says I saw them in the you know in the middle of the, the backstage and they want to get their hands on the Bucks. Uh, so it's a little bit of tension between Dark Order and Hangman Page building there. And next we had John Moxley and Brian Danielson versus the Work Horsemen. William Regal was is now their manager and. He said that 29 years ago, Tony Schiavone, he had helped him in more ways than he could imagine in a really heartfelt promo, and it was holding up, tearing up. He says that 20 years ago, he had met Brian Danielson and that he was the wrestler that Regal should have been. He's the perfect wrestler. He said, you're the perfect wrestler and this wrestler I should have been because you didn't have the issues that I have, you know, alluding to drugs, maybe alcohol problems that Regal's had in the past, that... Many people discovered, younger people discovered who I was because of this man. And I remember training through wrestling school, wrestling school throughout the week. We'd stay there. When classes would end, he would stay, start at 3, 4 o'clock, and then pray, stay till all out into midnight, just training and training and training. And saying that he is the perfect wrestler. That 11 years ago, he met Moxley and calls him the perfect a sadistic son of a bitch. No, I don't think he's a son of a bitch, but the perfect, like, sadistic wrestler in the ring. So when you have the perfect wrestler and the perfect craziest psychopath in professional wrestling, that you will be, that you will either step up or you will be stepped on. It was a bit of a choppy promo, and it was some things here and there, you know, because he got a little, he got a little choked up, but overall the message was sent. Brian Danielson and John Moxley are a new tag team in AEW, and they are a force to be reckoned with. And I loved how when Regal came out at Revolution, and you know the match was over, Moxley won. They're still fighting. Regal comes out and just smacks Moxley in the face and the head, and does the same thing to Danielson when he's laughing. He's like, "Knock it off! Knock it off! The both of you, knock it off! Shake hands! Shake hands!" Being the wrestling dad, like, get along with your brother. Um. It was really good to see, like, you know, Brian's, like, technical in-ring prowess and his skill inside the ring, uh, you know, being a big technician, whereas Moxley is just a brawler. He is just going to fuck you up. He's going to chop you up. He's going to beat up on you, and this makes for a really great tag team of such polar opposites. When you look at it, Moxley has had quite a few tag team partners in AEW. Brian now... Punk Pryor with the one match against FTR and Eddie Kingston going after the Bucks. This should be a fun tag team, and eventually they'll win the tag team titles. I'm very much looking forward to that. A lot of cr- other things happen. Randomly, Pack beat Wheeler Yuta. Uh, FTR randomly fired Tully Blanchard because they got into an argument with him. Um, Wardlow says that he's done with MJF, that he quits being his bodyguard and he quits being in the pinnacle, even though he says he's under contract. And he wants Max to release him. And he says that he will be the new TNT champion. And AEW is Wardlow's world. Wardlow kind of stumbled upon his promo a little bit. But overall, I think the message was pretty much sent. Uh, the fans love Wardlow. They're behind him. I, I'm not sure if Wardlow is going to uh, win next week. I was very certain that he was 
going to be screwed out of the title by MJF when he won the uh, won the uh, face of the ladder face of the revolution ladder match. But I'm not sure. We'll get into the more of the TNT Championship picture in a second. Jurassic Express beat the acclaimed in a very fun tag title match. Um, Tony Nese challenged Swerve Strickland to his first match on Rampage. That's right, Isaiah Swer- now Shane Swerve Strickland now in AEW. Um, Tony Schiavone kept waving around the uh, clipboard, and I kept seeing Swerve on the contract. I'm like, Tony, come on, man, I can see it. Uh, <laughs> uh, Thunder Rosa beat Layla Hirsch in um, in a in okay match. Next week will be Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa in a steel cage match for the AEW Women's Title, which apparently is going to be in San Antonio, Texas, for St. Patrick's Day Slam. This may have taken a bit of the hype away from the Britt Baker Thunder Rosa thing. Them, I guess, trying to do more of the one-year anniversary of their match. Um, it's not a bad thing. It's just, I really think the trigger should have been pulled this past Sunday. You know, I understand wanting to do it in the hometown and make it a little more meaningful and more special for the crowd and, and Thunder Rosa. But I think Rosa should have probably won the title this past Sunday. It was a lot of screwy finishes. Jamie Hayter and Rebel kept getting involved. Britt Baker's title reign, I mean, it's been long, you know. She says that she is the AEW Women's, Women's Division, and she's not wrong. And as much as I love Britt Baker, we do need to have other women become champion. And and she is phenomenal. Don't get me wrong. Britt Baker is my favorite AEW women's wrestler and one of my favorite wrestlers, period, right now. But I think we need to start swapping the title over to Thunder Rosa so we can start having some other women come up and step up to the plate. You know, we can have matches like, you know, Thunder Rosa and Ruby Soho, Thunder Rosa and, you know, maybe... Uh, Jade Cargill, I mean, we had that before. Uh, you know, Mercedes Martinez, the title. Uh, Jamie Hayter. You know, get some more people up on the on the bracket for the AEW Women's Championship. That's what I personally think. And they also talked about for next week, it was going to be Hangman Page and Jurassic Express versus Adam Cole and Red Dragon, Scorpio Sky and uh, Scorpio Sky uh, and or Wardlow, and we'll get to that in a second, uh, for, for the TNT title, Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa, in a steel cage for the women's title for the, uh, women's title match. And shockingly, at the end of the night, Scorpio Sky beat Sammy Guevara to become the new TNT champion. And Paige Van Zandt had gotten involved in the match, and she attacked Ty Conti. Ty Conti came down after Sammy Guevara got put through a table. Um, this is the first time they acknowledge their relationship on t- on, on TV. Um, now, I say this... First of all, it's shocking that Scorpio Sky is TNT champion. Uh, because I don't think I didn't think he was going to win. I don't think anyone, any of us thought he was going to win. I'm glad he won. I like Scorpio Sky. Um, but does this mean he is a transitional champion for Wardlow? Does that mean that Scorpio Sky is not going to have much of a championship reign. Is MJF still going to interfere in Wardlow's uh, match for the TNT title? I have no idea. I have a feeling that I I don't think they're going to pull the trigger and do two title changes next week in San Antonio. So I think the more likely of the two to have a title change is Thunder Rosa versus Britt Baker. I don't necessarily think that Scorpio Sky will lose to Wardlow. It's likely, but I think they kind of did this to kind of throw things off. Uh, again, so Sammy doesn't look 
bad in defeat. I guess you know, make it a heel versus babyface dynamic to make it a little make it a you know a little more sense. And after the match, American Top Team beat down on Sammy Guevara and Ty Conti, Paige Van Sant, specifically on Ty Conti. And it's funny how the night Jeff Hardy debuts for AEW, Sean texts me and just keeps sending me the thing of Paige Van Zandt is all elite. I'm like, on the night Jeff Hardy is <laughs> on the night Jeff Hardy debuts for the company. That's what you're talking about. And he just keeps sending me the thing. I'm like, of course you are. Um, I, uh, I'm hopeful. I'm glad Paige Van Zandt is an AEW. I think she'll do a good job. Um, interesting to see how that Sammy, I think Sammy's probably going to be feuding with American Top Team, and most likely MJF will get involved because we did not see him this week, so most likely Wardlow will not win the TNT title match, and we'll probably get Wardlow versus MJF at Revolution. I'm sorry, at Double or Nothing. So, it should be a fun time. Um... I, one thing I am a little concerned about with AEW is that Keith Lee and QT Marshall had a backstage segment, and they're going to be fighting on Rampage. Um, if this is a quick one-and-done type of thing for Keith Lee, um, good enough, uh, but I don't want this to be a feud. I don't like QT Marshall. He's very boring and very bland to me. I, I'm just not interested. I mean, I'm I'm more hopeful in Keith Lee's booking in AEW than I w- would be if he was still in WWE. Um, I just, yeah, I'm just a tad bit concerned, you know? Uh, Keith Lee shouldn't be getting in the ring with QT Marshall. You know, I figured he would be continuing, you know, a few, having a feud with Powerhouse Hobbs, which... In all honesty, I am more interested in a feud with Powerhouse Hobbs and Keith Lee than I am with Keith Lee and QT Marshall. I would think a lot of us would be more happy about a, Q, uh, a QT, sorry, about yes, a QT Marshall feud, uh, a Keith Lee versus Powerhouse Hobbs feud rather than you know fucking QT Marshall. But the landscape AEW right now is looking very, you know, it's big. You know, we got some new signings: Jeff Hardy, Paige Van Zant. Uh, Shane Swerve, Shane Swerve Strickland's try saying that ten times fast. Uh, a lot to happen in um, in AEW at the moment, but the shocking thing I think none of us expected happening that happened this past Tuesday night. Dolph Ziggler, yes, good old Dolph Ziggler, became the NXT champion, defeating Tommaso Ciampa. And Braun Breaker in a triple threat match, pinning Tommaso Ciampa to become NXT champion. I know that Dolph Ziggler, that Dolph Ziggler, who that dirty dog, he, the the same Dolph Ziggler who cashed in his Money in the Bank contract the night after WrestleMania 29, and I was there for that show. Uh, that that Dolph Ziggler, the same Dolph Ziggler who uh, had a feud with Otis because he wanted to bang Mandy, the same Dolph Ziggler who. Dropped the U.S. title just because... I was also for that at that show, too. Dropped the U.S. title just because... Came back at the Royal Rumble at number 30... And then got eliminated immediately later on... That Dolph Ziggler. So... I imagine... Uh, don't get me wrong here. I like Dolph Ziggler. I like him a lot. I love Dolph Ziggler. He was. I was always advocating for Ziggler, and he's always one of those guys. Who was like, "Yeah, he's so good. He should do more and do more." 
But you kind of have to pick your battles, and Ziggler is kind of a guy, I think, who has accepted his role in the company. He's like, he's used as a really good hand, and whatever he's given, he rolls with it, and he's just there to do his job, and he's trying to have fun while he's doing it. Um, A guy like Dolph Ziggler fits well in NXT. He fits well even in the old NXT, of the NXT that we love, uh, we, we all loved. Um, most people think this is probably going to be a transitional role for Ziggler, because there's going to be NXT Stand and Deliver in Dallas, Texas as a matinee show before WrestleMania Night 1. Um, good fucking luck getting to uh, AT&T Stadium that day. Jesus Christ. Did I say Austin? I mean, I think I'm going to say Dallas. But the point is, um, it's probably going to be that. It's probably going to be more of a, uh, you know... A transitional thing for Braun Breaker to win the title that Mania weekend. I mean, you easily could do, you could have Braun Breaker come up to the main roster. He seems main roster ready, and he definitely is a guy that Vince McMahon loves. I mean, Vince is more hands on with the booking of, maybe not the booking, but the, but the overall product of NXT these days. So maybe he could come up to Mania. I'm not particularly sure. Um, who knows at this point, but I'm safe to say I'm probably not going to be watching NXT Stand and Deliver. I just don't have the fucking time. I'm not going to be watching wrestling all fucking day. I'm not about that life to watch wrestling all fucking day, you know? It, I mean, we've done it with WrestleMania before, but, like, that's the thing. I'm like, like it's not enough hours in the day for me to spend my time doing that. Thank you very much. And, um... This car, this this build-up into mania, you know, there's a lot going in here. Um, talk. Let's talk a little bit about some things that happened on Raw, you know, because uh, RK Bro won the tag team titles, regaining them. Um, Edge said that he knows AJ is at home resting after what he did to AJ. Edge claims that AJ helped him last week, and Edge, that Edge helped AJ, and AJ helped him as well. Edge says he's tapped into a side that he didn't know about, and now he feels in control of everything in the ring. He feels phenomenal. I like Edge going into the darker side and being a heel, because let's be honest, heel Edge is the best version of Edge, and we all love to hate him. It's the best. Um, one thing I feel bad for, and maybe not bad for, but just a little down about is that Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan are a tag team now, and they beat Carmella and Queen Zelina being added to the women's, women's tag team title match, making it a triple threat. I don't know, man. It's just Rhea Ripley's not somebody who should be in a throwaway tag team, and neither should Liv Morgan. They should both be single stars. I mean, I'll give you, I'll give it this much. I like the, I like the prospect of Liv Morgan and Rhea Ripley together as a tag team than I did as Rhea Ripley and Nikki A.S.H. And didn't Rhea kind of like t- break things off with Nikki because being in a tag team wasn't working? She needs to kind of go her own separate ways. I mean, I just uh, Rhea Ripley's a star, dude, and Liv Morgan can be a star too if they just fucking book them to be stars, you know? Um. I just wish that it was Liv Morgan in the title match with Bianca Bel- with Bianca Belair. Sorry, with Becky Lynch instead of Bianca Belair or Rhea Ripley. And you know, I like Bianca Belair too. I just and, and to WWE's credit, they are building upon something that was done in the summertime, and it does make sense. And Bianca Belair will probably beat Becky Lynch. I just wish they kind of did something sooner. 
Um, the latest, though, as far as WrestleMania matches, uh, Cody Rhodes. I know we, we talk about Cody Rhodes a lot here in the past few weeks, but things keep changing. Things keep happening. So we kind of have to talk about what's going on with Cody Rhodes at this point. So the ball is pretty much in Cody's court, I think, according to Fightful Select or uh, Dave Meltzer. Um, and it's really uncertain as to what he's going to do. As time goes on, though, it's very, very unlikely that he's going to be a part of WrestleMania because WrestleMania is in three weeks. Um, likely the person he could have a match with is probably Seth Rollins, but who the hell knows what Seth Rollins is going to be doing. Maybe they could do something. Maybe they could do something to where it could be Cody versus Seth. I'm just not particularly sure as to how they're going to be able to do it. The Raw after Mania is always a choice, and the Raw Smackdown after, the Smackdown after Mania is always a choice as well. But apparently an original uh, opponent for Cody Rhodes, after, and it says here in this article, after leaving AEW, Cody Rhodes has talked with WWE, but hasn't reached a deal. According to Wrestling Observer, WWE wants Cody to sign with them before WrestleMania 38 so they can book his return match in the most stupendous WrestleMania of all time. According to Fightful Select, Seth Rollins was originally pitched as Cody's opponent. Hey, look at that. I was right. Sources select Cody's uh, Cody's update incident. Cody has been pitched as Seth Rollins' main opponent, but that's obviously up in the air right now. Seth isn't bugged for any match at WrestleMania as of this writing, and that is fucking shocking. Seth Rollins, Seth freaking Rollins, as they like to call him these days, doesn't have a match booked for WrestleMania, and it's three fucking weeks away. Can you believe that? I mean, maybe they could have done something where it was RK Bro versus Rollins and Kevin Owens at WrestleMania if if Stone Cold Steve Austin didn't agree to do this thing with Kevin Owens. Um, that probably would have been something they could have done. It would have been a nice tag match to see those two go at it. We've seen it before, but at Mania would have been even better. Um, who the hell knows? But I don't see Cody Rhodes just coming into WWE at this point and having a match at Mania. I mean... They're really going to have to do something pretty big and shocking in order to have them come in and just want this match, you know? Because I feel like Cody can kind of come in and have this match with Rollins, but Cody's probably going to be the babyface and Seth would probably be the heel. I would rather have the roles reversed, but we'll eventually get to a Cody heel turn. Um, I guess Rollins could kind of come out and say, you know... How is it that Seth freaking Rollins doesn't have an opponent for wrestling, the most stupendous WrestleMania? <laughs> and his fucking little laugh. And then, you know, the fucking lights go down and wow, you're only smoking mirrors. Remember that song? Because uh, I don't think he'll have the his old AEW theme song. Is you know, I'm not particularly sure. Um, and just kind of do something. And just, I don't know, he could just say, you know, while you were around trying to be the guy, I was the guy. And I was the guy in every single promotion. And now I'm back to be the guy here. I'm bigger and better than I was before. And at WrestleMania, I want a match against you. And you could do a little brawl. You could do a little pull apart. You could do something. Just something to make it feel important because I'll tell you one thing this Wrestlemania is coming up and I could really care less 
Honestly, I could really, really care less. I'm, I'm not really watching Raw or SmackDown week to week to figure out, oh, what's the whole big thing of WrestleMania? I'm going to watch WrestleMania. I'm going to see what happens. But I'm just not, you know, invested. I'm only invested in a handful of things here, you know. I'm, I'm happy that people like Ricochet and Finn Balor are now U.S. and Intercontinental Champion, respectively. Uh, I'm, ex- I'm interested in the Stone Cold Steve Austin thing uh, with, with Kevin Owens. I'm really excited for Edge versus AJ Styles. Um, I'm, you know, I'm actually excited for Brock and, and Roman to see how things go. Uh, if you didn't catch what happened in the garden, it was going to be, oh, Brock Lesnar is a secret opponent. Who's it going to be? It was Austin Theory, and he beat Austin Theory in like two minutes, and then Roman Reigns came out, and he held both tiles over his head, seemingly showing the spoiler, as Paul Heyman likes to call it, for WrestleMania. Uh... I don't know, man. It's just a, it's an interest. It should be a good mania. I just wish they started announcing these this card and start saying, "Oh, this is the card for night one, and this is the card for night two. Because it really sucks for people who buy these tickets and they go to see one wrestler and then they don't know what matches are happening in uh, that night. Um, it it makes sense, like you know, going in, it's like, oh, what's gonna be the the order of the matches tonight for the card? It's like, okay, but you know what matches you're getting. If you're going to two different shows, you should know what matches are happening each, for each individual individual night. You know, if someone paid there to go see Becky Lynch, and then Becky Lynch isn't at that WrestleMania, and then she's at the following WrestleMania, well, it's probably not gonna happen. You know, and that's and that kind of sucks for that fan. Presumably, though, I think what they did they did confirm, though, is that Charlotte versus Ronda Rousey will be for night one, and uh, I think Roman versus Brock is probably going to be for night two. I will check, though, to see if they have actually said what matches are going to be taking place for night one and two. Um, oh, they're actually, well, it's, uh, actually, it does say that. So right now it's saying Charlotte Flair versus Ronda Rousey, night one. Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair. Ray and Dominic versus The Maze and Logan Paul. Uh, Drew, Drew McIntyre versus Happy Corbin. Oh, God. So I stand corrected. That whole little rant I had, it just doesn't make any fucking sense now, does it? Um, and then we have Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship and WWE Championship, respectively, winner take all. Queen Selena and Carmella, the Tag Team Champions versus Sasha and Naomi. Rhea Ripley and Liv Moore versus Liam Rhea Rhea Lip. Rip the Rhea Ripley. Can I talk? No, I can't. Versus and Liv Morgan. Uh, Johnny Knoxville versus Sami Zayn. Pat McAfee versus Austin Theory. Edge versus AJ Styles. I just want them to squeeze in Ricochet to have a match for the Intercontinental Championship and for Balor to have a match for the U.S. Championship. It, it seems like Balor's more likely going to get a match than Ricochet because Ricochet only won the title fairly recently and he doesn't really have a storyline going on, whereas Finn Balor is still continuing this. Uh, so-called, not so-called, but this feud with Damian Priest. Maybe we'd get Damian Priest uh, versus the Demon Van Balor. Maybe, who knows? Because um, then clearly it would show two demons fighting each other. God wouldn't get involved. God got involved with Finn Balor's match at Extreme Rules for some fucking reason. But we'll have to wait and see. And uh, it says to be determined, uh, RK Bro versus to be determined for the Raw Tag Team Championships. Um, don't necessarily remember seeing that at all, but I guess it'll be good. I guess we'll have to wait and see. And the standard stand and deliver match is Carmelo Hayes, uh, defending the North American Championship in a five way uh, against Cameron Grimes, Santos Escobar, and three to be determined wrestlers. Let's take a look at the WWE uh roster right now and see who could probably fill those spots 
for the uh, ladder match. Because I always like doing this in the podcast. I like to see who's on the active roster, even though it's not many, uh, to go on and see what is the case here for NXT. And I just realized that Dolph Ziggler and Mandy Rose are champions in NXT, and they had a little storyline going on. Uh, they need to change Braun Breaker's uh, icon here because he's still shown as the NXT champion. Uh, some other wrestlers we could have in this match. Um, maybe LA Knight, Pete Dunne. Uh, maybe we could have a little... Uh, hmm. Because I'm not keen with watching what's going on with NXT recently, so who knows who could be in this thing. Let's just say... Let's say... Um, uh, what should we call it? Let's say Pete Dunne, Tony D'Angelo, Solo Sakia. Yeah, sure. Why not? Um, one match I would like to see, though, and it would be a pretty interesting match for Stand and Deliver. Because if they don't want to do Braun Breaker versus Dolph Ziggler at Stand and Deliver, here's a match we can have. And I would just love to see Dolph Ziggler bump and feed and just take the shots from this guy. I would love it if they could do Dolph Ziggler defending the NXT Championship against Walter. Not Gunther. Walter as Santa Deliver. You can't tell me you wouldn't want to see that match. You can't tell me you don't want to see Ziggler super fucking sell for a big lo- big guy like Walter and just taking the chops and Walter throwing him everywhere. You're telling me you don't want to see that? You're telling me you don't want to see Walter versus Dolph Ziggler? Hell, I'll tell you that much. If they do Walter versus Dolph Ziggler at Santa Deliver, I will watch the show and I will only watch the show for that match. I can say fuck off to all the other matches. I want to see Walter versus Dolph Ziggler. And then Walter can be NXT champion proper. And hopefully, maybe one day, they'll get rid of that god-awful fucking slave name they've given him. I always refuse to say it, even though I said it earlier. I think they should just do Walter versus Dolph Ziggler at Stand and Deliver. But that's just my opinion. I think it could be fun. I think it could be cool. Because WWE should do cool things these days. You know, they should just do cool fucking things. AEW does cool fucking things every single week. And that's why I watch it. That's why I'm enjoyed. That's why I love watching AEW. But anyway, I'm going to cut the podcast short this week. Because I'll be honest with you. I'm fucking tired. Uh, uh, that's all I have for the podcast this week, ladies and ladies and gentlemen. But if you need your fix of my voice sir, to fill out more of your time it's like i still have time to get to work cj what are you doing i don't have enough time i need i need the rest of this podcast to go back home and drive home or take the commute fear not my friends i do have a podcast you can listen to if you're not aware already my other podcast fan speculation just this past week we went over my me and my uh, my uh, my good friend my my honorary co-host, Andreas Palakaris, we went over the Kenobi trailer that was released just the other day, more Spider-Man No Way Home uh, behind-the-scenes footage, and a full-length review of the Batman released. Now, it is a spoiler review, so if you haven't seen the Batman, you're going to need to watch the Batman to hear our review. Unless you don't care about spoilers, that's your bag. Anyway, I'm going to cut the podcast off here. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Uh, if you like what you heard, please follow us on Twitter at TNAWP, or follow us on Instagram, or both, 
at the Not Another Wrestling Podcast for Instagram. Uh, please be sure if you're listening to us, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, uh, if you have a five star review button on there, please hit those five stars and leave us a review. Share with your friends, write a review. It really helps with the podcast here. We really greatly appreciate anything you could do for us it would really help us out a lot so thank you all so much and if you'd like to follow me on twitter my twitter handle is cj underscore 1214 and my instagram handle is cj underscore 1293 so thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the not another wrestling podcast i have been cj palmasano and i will see you all next time